Welcome to Stories of Growth, a series of conversations with modern-day business leaders who share their stories of growth and the lessons they've learnt along the way. I'm William Rowe, founder and CEO of Protein. I've been helping businesses grow for over 20 years and I've always been fascinated by the people behind these organisations, where they come from and what drives them forward. For season five, we're moving into the world of Web3 and speaking to the people who are putting communities first in order to manifest a more equitable and decentralized future. In this episode, I'm talking with Leanne Elliott Young, CEO and co-founder of the Institute of Digital Fashion, a leading voice on fashion futures, inclusivity in tech, and the metaverse. This was recorded live in the Protein Discord, so to find out more about what we're up to, make sure you follow our socials or visit proteincommunity.xyz. Welcome, everyone. Leanne, um, we've been sort of, I guess, sort of tracking your progress for a while. So yeah, really happy to have you yeah, on the show today. Um, uh, maybe just sort of start with a little introduction on, you know, maybe the Institute of Digital Fashion, uh, and then, you know, some of the projects that you've been up to, which you're most excited about. Yeah, so we founded um, IODF, or Institute of Digital Fashion, really to reframe the system. Uh, we were desperately frustrated by um, the archaic structures that exist in the fashion industry. Um, so it really was uh, founded, it was a merger actually between myself uh, and Cathy Tay. So I had a company called Communist, and we were working very much on this IRL, URL um, realities and thinking about how they could work in unison um, and what this kind of omni-channel reality looks like, aka the metaverse. Um, so that was a really abstract thought for a lot of people. Um, at the same time, Katy Tay was working with uh, an, uh, created DigiGal, which is a community for, uh, of, for digital makers working in 3D, but specifically on women, trans, non-binary um, and queer folk. So there's lots of synergies in our practices, but also uh, what we both cared about. Our ethos is a really strong, uh, which was around using tech as this democratic tool for change. We were actually on a dazed panel uh, for London Fashion Week, and we were both speaking not only the same language, but the same batshit crazy energy for it. Um, oh, sorry, I, I said, is that okay? This is where three, Leah, and we can, you can do what we want. <laughs> okay, great, yes. Um, so we were, yeah, we were both really excited about um, similar pro propositions. Um, so we founded IODF right just before uh, COVID. And yeah, as I was saying, our ethos was so in tune. So it really was a breakthrough moment where we felt that we could really bring to the fashion industry uh, a way to pivot into digital that was thinking about sustainability, inclusivity and diversity. And there are three key pillars same time we have black lives matter so just it it felt um that it not only did we want to do this but it was really needed um so yeah so we we built institute of digital fashion really to give a voice to those that don't have a voice and to really bring some new perspectives into into the fashion arena that being digital web 3.0 talking around decentralized communities and networks and the metaverse all things which sounded like we were mad until very recently <laughs> so yeah 
No, I've, yeah, 100% agree. And you know, one of the things that we uh, certainly advocate for, uh, yeah, as protein, and you know, this is recognizing our, uh, you know, we, we're coming from a Web two world into a Web three is is language, um, and yeah, I like to keep it accessible uh, for those who might not you know, understand some of these terminologies. So maybe we can just open with your definition of what a metaverse is. Wow. So I think it's shifting every day, really. Uh, we really saw it as, I think, an extension of the internet, which involves augmented reality, virtual reality, a place where there's a synchronicity between our digital and physical worlds. Um, we really believe in that uh, it gives and gifts power to the maker, i.e. Um, with blockchain and NFTs, you can reap the rewards and map where your uh, product has gone that's one massive benefit of it and it and it really does allow you to express wholly to the depths and the broadest parts of your imagination and I think for us is that is that's what's really exciting about the metaverse it's it's re it's thinking about digital but digital identities in a new way in an emotive way and really exploring what it means to be digital um, and I think right now we are all we are all digital first. And mm -hmm. one of the key things that we say at IODF is about that we're not negating our physical reality at all. It's about the two working in tandem and layering in, in unison because one feeds into the other. But yeah, I think for, I think the metaverse is 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 about exploring uh, yeah creativity in so many ways. And this in this kind of really. No, in a in a decent thinking about the decentralization of these of some of the I don't want to talk about Facebook, but I feel like we have to go there. Basically, it was <laughs> I'm gonna really I'm gonna ask when, the question, so yeah, you beat me to yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was just all of a sudden, you know, we're working in this space, and it's been so. You know, the leaders in these conversations are all. Uh, it has come from the the digital communities. Like people are making work, selling work. Um, see reaping the rewards of that with these the nft structure but also as well really it's a chance to rethink some of the pain points that are existing in our physical reality um and in fashion specifically which is the arena we sit within so it's a chance to rebuild some of the society's um structures and that's how we saw it and then you have this kind of white colonial flag being put in the sand uh, by facebook and all of a sudden it did one thing which is brought the term metaverse into everyone's uh uh, vocabulary the other the other side of that is that um it means that we could all just be wrapped around um i suppose if data is king then facebook are the leaders in that space and that makes it a really sticky proposition but yes but it's but it's really exciting right now so it's good to be having these kind of conversations because it's still yet to be uh explored fully so yeah yeah so, I mean, just on the Zook, because it was on my list, uh, like, good or bad, uh, from your viewpoint? Uh, of Facebook? Yeah, coming into Metaverse. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, um, the issue is uh, those that don't understand the, the, some of the purities that come with, with, with the concepts around, like, building your, own, building your own space, building your own environment, and and that's those kind of tools. The more more technology um, becomes quicker and smarter, it means that everyone can have the tools um, to do that. It's not uh, digital in some ways, um, 
really does uh, feed into the democratizing what 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 can be built. So that's mm-hmm. the, for us, it's this really exciting proposition. And, and when it then is somebody uh, like Facebook is involved in this conversation, they already they already understand a lot about us, you know, and the way that we think, the way that we. Um, I mean, effectively, data is almost like your subconscious. Uh, the the algorithm knows more about our us than our partners or our friends do because we we choose to project a certain uh, image of ourselves or certain uh, you know uh, positioning of ourselves when we when we meet uh, with people. Uh, the algorithm and the data that that exists um, of us is it really tunes into our sub conscious all the things that we didn't do all the, all the decisions that we didn't go through with it. it it's a it's a really sensitive um and deep understanding of us and of 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 us as like humans and the way that we all interact and for someone like uh facebook and for us all the thing is people will all jump in really quickly into into the facebook metaverse because it's easy because they're already in that that space um, and it almost scuppers the chance for um, other metaverses to um, to not to only exist, but for people to want to play in them. Mm. I and think that's a, that's a little bigger. Yeah, and I think just on that point, because you know there are multiple metaverses, right? Um, and, Absolutely. And yeah. certainly from your report, which I'm gonna I'm gonna get to in a minute, that it is as with any space, you know, it's creating some boundaries. Uh, you know, making it as safe or feel as safe as possible. So I wondered if you could, mm. uh, maybe not name check, but uh, yeah, I guess sort of recommend some of the metaverses that you've explored, you know, worked with, um, you know, just to put on people's radar, uh, just to, you know, so they're aware of them. Yeah, so I feel like, I mean, effectively, that's the thing with this like term metaverse, uh, effectively, you know, when you're gaming, you're in the metaverse. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's. Feel like we're almost there. When you're, when you're involved in an augmented experience, which is world building, then you're involved in the metaverse. I think Decentraland is one that, um, that is exciting. Um, so it'll be cool for everyone to like jump in that and have a play. The interesting thing about that space is that um, there's already, there's already. Um, there's already people who have taken up like real estate within there. So um, you have like Playboy have just brought an, a whole area in the in the in the metaverse in Decentraland. There's also lots of like uh, Sotheby's. There's which you can have. Um, you can actually go and buy. Um, you can actually go and buy and, and you know act as act as you would in the in the in the real world. And that's the other thing. It's like. It almost is uh, a replica of our real world, but there's layers of 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 fun, mm-hmm. um, and also there's an opportunity to to do what you know. You can build you can build your own space. You can have you can have your own. You can effectively there's land up for sale. You can build your space. You can buy art. You can be art. It just really removes all of the all of the parameters of our physical world, you know, like things like gravity, you can remove gravity. Um, yeah, so I think that, I think Decentraland is an exciting one. Um, there's lots, there's lots coming that are really exciting. Um, like Days Magazine, 
it's creating a metaverse. What does that look like? What does a what does a publication in the metaverse look like? You know, it's because it is so world building. Like, do the is it is it a that's that's what I think is quite interesting thinking about how each of these are built and what they all mean. Yeah, and also to your point about how uh, you know close a representation of the real world is it right? Uh, because in the in the digital world, there is no restraint or you know, limitation. Exactly, and it's it's and that's where it. Um, that's where it becomes tricky is that as we do step in the metaverse, and I think that's what our work specifically about is about drawing a line and saying, okay, we're about to shift into this different state. Um, and it's not one that we're all going to jump into. It's going to happen tomorrow. Like I said, you know, if you're a part of an augmented experience, effectively that is that if, if you are gaming, they are metaverses in, in some mode. So, as we step into that space, there is no, there's no rules. Uh, so the positives is is that we can rebuild, you know, society. We can we can um, look at some of the issues in our physical world and see if we can you know, solve some of those. Mm-hmm. Then there is the 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 obvious issues, which are, which are identity, and I think that. Lots of um, people are building, you know, avatars that pivot into into the metaverse. And it really and it really comes down to shifting shift. What needs to happen is shifting that from characterization to representation. If you're a cis white male and you're you're in the metaverse and you're acting or becoming, you have become a person of color that is queer. That's a very different reality. And lots of uh, brands and um, uh, metaverses and avatar makers, you know, are using this as a um, as a as a selling tool and marketing it as be, you know, be the wildest expression of yourself. Step into a new identity. We really believe that actually there needs to be. We need to rethink that in the fact that you, if you slip into somebody else's skin, you can't for a second slip into into the space that they have inhabited into the physical world, mm. you know, and it's, and there does need to be some investigation into how we can um, regulate that. We really did fa- find that, you know, it's, we do live in a white patriarchal um, space in our physical world. You know, and it comes down to, you know, if you're adopting different skin colors, like, what does that mean? Like the Simpsons are seen as a very much a white family, even though they're yellow. So it's a very, um, so that's what we wanted to dive into really is really, really drill into what the responsibilities are as we step into this space and how, how do, how does, how does, how do these groups of individuals actually feel about um, being a, in a click of a button um, and, somebody could jump into your skin effectively how does it actually feel what is the what would you want you know um because if we're thinking about representation it's gender representation physical appearance talking about disabilities and then cultural values how they all you know intercept one another um yeah. and what misrepresentation actually means mm. yeah and if i may um 
just to contextualize this, uh, you know, part part of the conversation, I, I recommend everybody uh, read um, the Institute of Digital Fashion's recent report on diversity and, and inclusion within virtual worlds. Um, it's it's a it's a fascinating and a really important you know piece of work uh, that um, I mean covers exactly what you know Leanne's just uh, you know referencing now. Um, and yeah, Leanne, sorry to interrupt your flow, but just for the listeners, just to you know, I guess sort of dig dig dig, dig deeper into it because um, yeah, you know, I've I've read it and there's some like, it's incredibly nuanced. Of you know, I mean, not obviously, but you know that approach to you know, identity. All, all of the points, diversity and inclusion, and really how that manifests you know, virtually, uh, because it's it's not about the ease of it, or maybe it is about the ease of it, because it's just, uh, and again, it's not just anything, right? It's not just an avatar. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a representation of you, you, yourself. Um, and um, I mean, I've got loads of questions on it, but <laughs> I think maybe to start mm-hmm. with, there's. Um, uh, yeah, and I get you know, coming back to your mission. Like, what what is your, I guess, sort of ho- hopeful outcome um, from you know a the report, but I think maybe then b sort of the conversations that have started from it. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know it's a fifty billion pound industry. Um, even just talking about gaming and skins, um, and that is a big figure. So that's obviously you know you see you see there's lots of uh, financial kind of uh wins in this in this new space um if you ask you know i asked my um, niece or nephew like for christmas and all they want is you know, add-ons for their their current games they'd actually would prefer digital over physical and you know somebody who sorry leanne you know, how, how old are your cousins uh they are 10 and, and 14 okay yeah Wow. I mean, that's super interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, we founded the Institute of Digital Fashion and for a long time it was seen as, you know, like, ooh, digital fashion. I mean, we need physical <laughs> fashion, you know, trying to, and it really abs- this abstract term. And as soon as now, you know, the these stats have, have come through and reports, you can see, you know, the seismic shift that has occurred and, the, and there is the predictions of the potential growth in this market which means that lots of everyone's jumping into this space, you know, feet first, and it's one that's growing exponentially. And we really wanted to just, I suppose, hold hold up um, really with a magnifying glass and really like think about some of the some of the the steps as we step into this this space that there is some security in that we're not just going to fall into an avalanche of just total disdain, you know? And I mm. think that's, that's when it's, it's the fear more than anything. And I'll be totally, you know, I'm speaking from my heart here. We want to make sure that, that, you know, that there is some protection in this space. Um, and the fact that, you know, we really want to use technology for a democratic tool for change and not, you know, and so that's that's a key thing of what we're doing, I suppose, which is why these reports and white papers are so important because we don't have the answers, but we really are scratching the surface to find out and give voices to those that predominantly don't have a voice. Um, and you know, like digital fashion was such a hard, hard sell. 
But really, if you think about, you know, social media, if you post something on social media, um, that that garment and that look become is a digital asset. We're all exchanging digital assets already. And if you speak to retail, you know, returns is their biggest pain point, which is you know, people are returning physical garments because they only want them for that one moment of snap on the on the you know for instagram you know on the grid so it's interesting statistics and insights like that that make you really um consider potential of digital but for us it really is the fear that that drives us the most and really wanting to push for a much more democratic and inclusive reality because Mm. um Real world isn't doing too well of that, hey? Yeah. So, no, so definitely. that's what we're really trying to do. And just on that, it's it, from... yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And um, yeah, there definitely feels a, a really clear opportunity within this, you know, Web3 world uh, to you know, rethink the norms, you know, we're doing ourselves in terms of our approach or, uh, you know, some of our you know, methodologies or, you know, the ways we operate um and you know really define that mission uh, so i, I guess the, the, the question then becomes sort of uh, well other than how can we help but <laughs> um more in sort of like a practical like where does that start or yeah you know, who's yeah you know, where does that responsibility sit um uh, because you know that to me it starts to make it real um because i there's no question of its need uh, but yeah, just to really get your thoughts of how this can, uh, you know, become a reality, even if it's a virtual, even if it's a virtual reality. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's really is um, not. You know, we we basically were interviewed for an article in Vogue Italia, and it was around Daz 3D, which is one of the softwares that create um, avatars and. Um, and effectively, if in digital, you've got DAS 3D, which is making avatars and environments, and then you've got Clothe 3D, which is uh, making the cloth simulation and the garments. The two do work together as well. Um, and so, obviously, you've got all the other programs and softwares that add on to those. Um, you know, obviously, Creative Suite, ZBrush, et cetera, and Unreal. But basically, they're, they're two, you know, quite instrumental softwares. And we were interviewed, and it was around... Um, Effectively, the limits of these softwares and, you know, the program bias, effectively. So instead of, I mean, it was a real, you know, uh, pie-throwing exercise. Everyone was you know, really taking them down about the pre- the process that they had and what how they could be more inclusive and diverse. And for us, it was really about, okay, well, let's action that. Let's reach out to them and have a conversation with them, their team, and you know give them an ear to the makers because for a lot of big companies um there there's a real massive space between the makers and then the you know the 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 individuals that are the teams that are creating the software so we basically had a chat with them and they were already in a process of creating um an lgbt um project for pride um they were already thinking these things but they had no idea that how deep it went for the, you know, how, how everyone was kind of gunning for them and just this whole article was coming out and we were like, well, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's actually mm-hmm. speak to them. Let's, let's give them an ear to the makers and really look at how we can with them incrementally brick by brick rebuild rather than burning the house down, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And with that, they were re- they really listened, and we bu- we built a development board for them. So every single um, character they create, and we're and the even the terminology within this, we're like it's representation, not characterization. So you know they're now using the word asset instead, which is great instead of character. Um, and we built a board. So every time they build a an asset, it's um, they speak to the individuals from that cultural background that they're recreating and speak to them and they sit with them and they build that out. That, you know, just, I feel like change is about action. And that really is just, you know, reaching out. I think that we've, you know, we have social media, we have, I think uh, it means that we're more connected than than we've ever been. You know, um, platforms like we're on now, built these communities that exist. I think that the power is in, is having uh, just your only one DM away or comment away from from having a real live conversation with someone, and I think that is really powerful. So reaching out, collaboration, and actually, um, you know, if something isn't working and 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 is it doesn't feel right, then you have the opportunity and the space to say it. We're not in a guarded world anymore. Um, it is really open for all of us to have our voice and have our opinion. Uh, you know, brands are in a situation now where as soon as something's live, then then the, the commentary's live. And we all have the ability to feed into that, like how we feel about it, you know. And transparency, I know it's a word that's really thrown around a lot. And majority of the time it feels like it's a tagline. Um, but all of these, everything that's out there now, has to be transparent in in a way and if it isn't you can push for it and effectively the transparency is it just being there and you being able to see it and you being able to comment so I feel like um, we're in a really interesting position where we do have the power Um, yeah so I think that's it it's about you know reaching out speaking out and finding your community Mm. Come yeah. in and work with us. Our DMs are always open. <laughs> uh, always, word, always. Um, that's a phenomenal story. I, had, I hadn't actually realised it went that far. And so, is that product out in the market now? That update, or are they still? Developing? Yeah. So the so it was one of our world first. We've actually got four. So this is this. Um, it was the first non-binary asset um, because Catatay is non-binary. Um, and it had it also has dual genitalia. And before a non-binary asset was was, I mean, a lot of the time was just deemed as something that was had broader shoulders and was perhaps um femme with broader shoulders, like a kind of weird bilingual physical representation that didn't stand in either space. If we talk about gender, there's you know, there's so many different um, you know, state stages and categories, and it really the whole it felt, again, it felt really sticky. So, right now with this asset, which is um, Ketite 8.1, it was um, released for the anniversary of Stonewall for Pride and Daz as a bundle. Um, you can, for the first time ever, put a tash, a moustache, on a female figure. You can put female clothes on a on a mask presenting figure. Before it was, it was like this doesn't work. It was deemed as the two things didn't work together and that's really where you see how bias is 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 created because we're effectively if we mirror 
our the presets that exist in society specifically uh, use gender as a, as a specific um, then you're creating a very binary digital space where actually if we mirrored our reality which is so different to that um, there's so much more you know, power within that I you know imagine a space where everyone can feel represented I mean fashion really does struggle with this I mean if you're not like six foot one blonde and you know, you know matchstick you're still probably not cast I mean that's changing a lot now but it's still it's still not not there yet um so yeah it's really exciting to see that this asset is being used and and it's also got a, a really dynamic mullet you know the hairstyles are really quite safe so you now got this mullet and the interesting thing is you can see people but have got the bundle and they're using in their artworks and their creative works and campaigns, Katy Tay's bum, um, mullet. So we, we've kind of got this really hilarious game, um, like at IODF, which is like, who could find Katy's mullet? <laughs> and you just see it everywhere, like in the background or on different figures and avatars. You're like, oh my God, there it is. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really that's a really good one. So what, you, guys, made, you, um, you, you guys are mullet influencers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we should have done a blockchain on that though, so we could actually map where it had gone. That would be that would have been. Uh, didn't think of that. That would have been great. We've actually um, there's a summit um, which again is effectively a metaverse, a VR summit called um, the Circular Fashion Summit CFS by Lablaco, and that's at the end uh, mid December or 9th to the 11th. And we've actually worked with them as consultants on all of the avatars, the creation, um, how they're so that everyone is represented in that space. Um, that And also built the guard, the garments so they are not binary at all. Um, they are dual gender and, you know, they can sit on any avatar. And that was such a big deal, which seems so hilarious. Mm. But it, before, in the majority of spaces you went in, the technology wouldn't you allow you as a, if you are mass presenting, to wear a femme garment. That is, that is crazy, right? Yeah. It's phenomenal and it's so good to see well i mean just to see it happening um and you know to your point exactly that if the platforms used to create these identities doesn't give you the option to you know challenge the identity then you know that seems a really yeah. really important first step um where, where where just sort of extrapolating on that a little bit i mean where where does that go and i i guess my sort of view on I mean, a lot of technology isn't ever really about the technology. It's about its utility and, you know, what, what you can do with it or, you know, what it really means. And certainly in the current incarnation or stage that we're at, whether it's blockchain or metaverse, um, yeah, a lot of it's about interoperability and, and bridging. And because uh, you know for a crude analogy which i think i stole from chris dixon on his a16z podcast it's like it's like going to out for a restaurant you bought a new outfit and after the meal you've got to like leave your clothes there um it's a bad analogy but you know <laughs> just the idea of uh you know creating <laughs> identities for individual worlds which you know there are you know good reasons for in terms of what that world represents or you know what your relationship mm. is with that world but yeah i would love to get your thoughts on that i guess sort of interoperability of these identities 
Yeah, I feel like um, more and more we're seeing that the assets will be used um, in multiple like systems effectively, and I feel like there's um, there's there's one um, space um, which is about building a wall and that the, you know that this is the metaverse it's like a walled walled space and you only exist in here and this is your metaverse which is effectively what feels like facebook's um space is really is really and then lots of the other um metaverses are really looking at ways in which you can uh, use an asset between the two how they are functionable and that's that really is a um really is a, a test of Number one, the technology, but two, um, the collaborative nature of some of these like grass. I'm going to take. I suppose yeah, they are grassroots metaverses, which are more about creativity and exploring, you know, identity and form and world building. Is that there? You know, everyone wants this opportunity to um, uh, to be able to, you know, build an identity, uh, build, have your garments, and they're effectively in your meta meta wardrobe that exists with functionality between the between all of the metaverses yeah no that's <clears throat> yeah, agreed and uh, again from a i guess of realizing this is all is still incredibly early um uh, and you know but you still see as keeping in the fashion you know threads a lot of the brands piling in the gucci's burberry's vans you know, i saw the other week that nike mm. has filed a patent for you know, their own line of virtual goods. Um, mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, like it feels like the fashion industry has woken up this year to the importance of it. And uh, well, not even this year, I think in the last 18 months off the back of COVID and a lot of people spending time at home on Animal Kingdom and, you know, all the other platforms. Mm. Again, just be good just to dig into your... Uh, yeah, it's not so much a forecast for it, uh, but to me, I'm much more impressed in sort of the outcome and you know, and the impact of these big established players really recognise the importance of these virtual worlds. Yeah, and we really say from you know we work from studio floor to shop floor, and I think that's what's super interesting. Like we're um, chatting to Adidas at the moment, who are um, you know digital first. They changed their company to a digital first company. Um, a year ago now um, or perhaps even two god because we lost a year in covid um or everyone did sorry leah what does uh what does what does a digital first company mean um well they they just i think it's like number one it's like changing the terminology but uh real realizing the um you know e-com um and uh you know social metaverse etc Lots of their sales are in the digital arena rather than the physical. Right. It's like a pivot of that um, way in which they, yeah, priority, exactly. Um, and I think that, I think that for us, it's about how, like what those, what those assets can do and where they can, where they can move, where they can move to. So that whole thing of like, Right now, we're working, say, with emerging designers because um, we have a philanthropic uh, part of our company, which is a third of all of our revenue is fed back in for a philanthropic arm, which is about education. So we've got an IRL, URL Academy. Then we also, every season, we support a designer or, or uh, we launched and we supported uh, Machine A, which is a store 
was shut up for COVID. It's a cult store here in London. So we basically worked with um, Pierre Gotterson, Martine Rose, Samuel Coldwall, um, and the machine A to open the store that was closed. Um, and we took we took to the billboards and um, I posted all around London um, this uh, a big sentiments like the importance of IRL, URL working together, talking about the semantics of fashion. So it's kind of like a, a statement, a call to action. You scanned the uh, billboard and it took you to an augmented store that you could walk around and you could see live at London Fashion Week the, you know, behind the scenes of these designers, uh, you know, their, what they were working on before it was on the catwalk. The interesting thing about this is why I'm talking about this is because at that point, none of the designers wanted to showcase their fashion. They actually wanted to talk about the point fashion. And the they all had very eloquent like sentiments as to what and where they see fashion moving. Because also in London, we have Brexit, right? That's the other one that we've got to contend with, not only COVID. So it was really brought into, it was a big discussion, you know, like uh, what fashion means and what digital means to fashion. And that's that whole experience was about communicating to these designers, communicating to the in a place of commerce, in a retail space, their their ideas or their their discourse around the future of fashion. And that, in its, in its very essence, is so interesting, the fact that you've given an opportunity to these designers to have like digital garments created, to move around and experience. And actually, they just wanted to talk about the point of physical fashion. Mm. And so for us, these designers are contemplating what it means. The bigger brands are shifting and really jumping on, um, you know, jumping on what it means to step into the metaverse. But there's still, because the technology isn't here just yet, there's still this kind of um, uh, language issue where no one can really, it's not, not fluid yet. The, between until we have um wearables that sit upon your upon your face that aren't like you know big cumbersome virtual reality uh goggles then the synchronicity isn't as smooth as it as it as it needs to be so you've got all this kind of like a real blast of two different uh pathways and what we're really trying to do iodf right now is number one make sure that emerging designers are informed and have some of the uh, tools to be able to work in this new space. So digital brings the potential of, if you think about sampling, you take one, one part of it, it's sampling. Now, if you want to see your garment in multiple different fabrics, the softwares that are available means that you can, at a click of a button, see all those. So it's not about, um, there's a magic push button and it all happens. There's still lots of craft and artisan involved in digital creating, same as there is in the real world. Um, but you can shortcut some of the some of the processes, um, like sampling, for instance, rather than, you know, buying the fabric, having it delivered, you know, creating a toile. You can see it at the click of a button because all of these, the softwares, we'll talk about Clo 3D, they have physics, so you can really see what it moves like and against the flesh. Um, you know, you can your model can turn and spin. You can really like play, and there's lots of play and creativity in digital. That's one part of it, and then it's like, how do you once you've and that's making for physical, but then 
where do these digital assets actually sit? So we have digital try-ons, um, which is great for retail. Then you have world building exercises, like uh, we made um, for Richard Quinn, a fashion show that was purely digital. And you could walk into the world of Richard Quinn and the beauty of digital, as I said earlier, there's no gravity. You know, Richard was like, I want, I want a lake, a silver lake. I want butterflies. I want there to be uh, a, an impenetrable wall that wraps around your eye line. I want the sun that, well, there needs to be two of them. So as a creative, you really do get to really push further your your world and you get to world build, which is which is wonderful. That's, you know, I suppose in place of a campaign. So you see this like interesting shift of like, what are shows? What do they bring? Because before you'd have a show and then, you know, four months later, well, three months later, you'd have a campaign and then you'd have be able to buy the physical product in the stores. With digital, that can be a lot more smoother, that integration of you speaking to your audience um, or to your customers. So that's really exciting. And then obviously we've got you know, digital trials that exist in the metaverse and your, you know, your, your digital identity can um, play in and be within. So yeah, there's all these different and quite exciting segues. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. And um, yeah, even before we get onto the sustainability, you know, impact of not creating physical garments, uh, which you know to me is a is a huge plus for this, uh, you know, new generation or just uh, new, 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 right? In in terms of this approach. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I would love to see if it hasn't been created already. You know, what is the impact so far of this shift of you know digital fashion um you know on the overall uh, you know clothes mountains or you know a supply chain uh, you know impacts of 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 this shift uh, but yeah i mean i can see it, i can see, i can see it going and and again just for context we you know we've been tracking it pretty closely from sort of carlings uh you know first digital collection in 2018 uh, which i think yeah mm -hmm. certainly came onto our radar uh, you know and obviously avatars and skins they've been around since the beginning of gaming but certainly that that crossover with the fabricant and what karina's doing at de dematerialized um you know it, it it just really resonates on on numerous levels in terms of that motivation and that uh, yeah as i said the outcome and you know and the why uh, of, of, of why this all exists so <clears throat> fully support it i was saying like this with sustainability it does it feels like um i mean we're working on a on a paper right now which is about the, the impact of digital just uh, obviously when the nft um space exploded we we're in talks with some uh really interesting brands and we're actually doing some work with um luxo and dematerialized because we love um those women on that team. So we, yeah, yeah we had awesome. a nice hour long chat this morning. Okay, they're really great. good. Um, so yeah, go check out, go check it out. But we were speaking to some really big brands about like NFTs and oh my God, the, as soon as um, the sustainability, uh, you know, the, the reports came out about like, oh my God, mining, what, how much it takes. And straight away it was just like shut down, gone. It's really interesting to see now how actually, um, the, these platforms are navigating that and actually drawing some attention to um, 
ways to solve that. I mean, like hydropower being used, um, you know, like mining at the foot of foot of waterfalls. If that doesn't sound like sci-fi majestic future, then I don't know what does. And like all of these, and it feels like, you know, the in the digital space, we're talking about crypto, blockchain, chain metaverses. There's so much imagination and the solutions come so quick. So it's been really wonderful to, for us to watch as well and be a part of these um, conversations and looking at how um, how we can make a you know shift and from because obviously fashion is the one of the biggest you know issues is sustainability. Mm-hmm. So it's it feels we're at a really time a really powerful time now where uh, we can solve some of those with digital. Mm-hmm. And I guess so building on that from a a high-end brand perspective you know do you think there's a concern on the brand side if you're talking to them about you know ruining that exclusivity and that positioning that they you know have spent billions protecting in the in the physical world when they sort of and as they transfer into the virtual world yeah i think it's um the the shift is going to be so interesting because obviously um physical brands and you can say that now because there are digital first brands and mm-hmm. actually we've got a really big project coming, which is a, it will be a really, a world's first. It's a physical brand that's pivoting to only digital and stopping production. Wow. So we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you that. Uh, we can drop it here with your, in your community when that comes. When's, where, where, when's, the, when's that, when's that alpha dropping? Oh well, that's that is going to be in three weeks. So yeah, we'll we'll circle back and okay. drop that with you a hundred percent. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's really exciting for us that these conversations are actually happening because the uh, fashion industry is so slow to turn. It um, and I've used this analogy before, but it really is like you know the Titanic heading towards an iceberg. It knows about sustainability problems. It knows about production. You know, these are all issues that they've been aware of for so long. But the model is so big. You know, the model's broken, but the big ship is so big that they can't turn it quick enough. On the top floor, playing, you know, they've got their violins and they're just, they're just going to, they're just continuing as though nothing's, as though nothing's changed, nothing's going to happen. And so we're really about how can we re, how can we this model's broken how can we remake it um and i think that's what's what uh part of our you know ethos is how do you and what we're really working through with quite a few brands at the moment is how do you shift the digital and still give the love and attention to the physical world and i think that public you know uh media and publications are a really good model to look at because know i'm one of the you know i've got i'm I'm looking over and i can see now in the studio i've got not just one but eight glorious coffee table books that are archival and they are they're dropped less frequency frequently even and publications now is about the media is about online and the physical about is is about craft artisan and really you know tactile fabrics and this and physical matter still matters. And printed matter still matters. We haven't all just gone, oh, God, nobody reads anymore. You know, people are still going to be buying physical fashion, but in a different way. And people are going to be pivoting to um, digital fashion, wearing it in a different way. I feel also 
there's an amazing potential with, uh, you know, we were speaking about the algorithms earlier. Um, and, you know, digital fashion has the potential to um, act and respond to your emotions, you know, how you are feeling. 15 Zoom calls you've had that day, perhaps it means that, you know, your your fashion garment is black and withered, like, you know, like your pace for the day. There's lot because you're you're in the digital world or have all this information. So I feel like there's so much potential for digital to do more than our physical fashion ever did for us. Um, so yeah, I think the two will work splendidly together. We just have to really imagine it. Yeah, indeed. And if anything, the physical becomes even more premium or, uh, I mean, we don't really like the word exclusive, but maybe limited and prized um in in a different analogy i don't know if you saw damien hurst's you know recent nft drop where you he created ten thousand artworks physical artworks uh yeah. that you had the option of buying the nft version the digital version of and if you did choose that option he would destroy the you know, the physical version of it um and, yeah. and you know and that that sort of sets a precedent and i think a really interesting exercise within the art world of of uh, you know of priority um in terms of, of format and you know there will be the old school who prefer the physical tangible um but you know there's an entire yeah. new generation who's coming through with the accessibility the i mean and the value of, of the nfts um, Absolutely. and you know I, I, you can directly translate that metaphor you know to fashion in terms of you know, they are pieces of artwork, you know, these, these creations in terms of the time, love, energy that has gone into, into making them. Mm. So, no, super interesting. Um, Leanne, I'm just conscious of time. <laughs> um, and just, <laughs> this has been fascinating, by the way. So good. I've got loads more questions that I haven't even really, I haven't even, haven't even got to yet, but um, just sort of start wrapping it up, if I may. Um, uh, is there, um, I mean, again, keeping it on the practical, accessible tip, you know, where would you sort of recommend our listeners to sort of start if they want to, you know, enter this world of, you know, digital fashion, digital metaverses, future of fashion, um, obviously with your report, <laughs> but yeah, are there any good resources or, um, or platforms that you would, you know, would you suggest uh, people take a look at? Well, actually, um, I'd like to, not that I'm doing a plug, but it's it's totally philanthropic. So, it again, it comes from my heart um, because we realise that they, there is not enough people in this space and education is elitist. Um, so we're trying to democratise the educational space as well. Um, the universities, a rate of knocks, are trying to, like, book uh, anyone who's working in digital to like lock into their course structures that were written you know, an age ago um, and there's not enough there's not enough um, teaching uh, on the basic softwares like Clo, 3D, DAS 3D etc so we've launched an IRL URL academy if you jump on our website you can actually join for free um, we've just finished one um, so we've got We've actually got a graduate exhibition uh, coming at the end of December. Um, well, so actually, we changed that to mid-Jan because that's Christmas. But um, the graduation, <laughs> everyone everyone gets their certificates um, at the end of December. But, yeah, the, yeah so it's global um, or global, as we like to say. Um, it's anyone can apply. So do apply via that and, and you'll get um, 
tutoring from Katy Tay, my business partner, who is noted on the art on the um, digital fashion timeline as the founder of digital fashion, with their the first person to move uh, uh, or to bring a three D asset into the fashion universe. Um, so it's really it's basically pulling together all of the information on the internet. Uh, working with, we've partnered with um, various software companies as well. So it's like lots of beta products, um, stuff for free, just to try and help because we really realise that it is this that 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 question comes up again and again. And basically, the mm-hmm. internet is the answer. Before it was like, go and look on the internet because that's how Catty um, taught themselves how to you know make digital fashion. It was on the internet, just. YouTube links after YouTube links and tutorials. There's lots of people trying to sell you courses. Um, I deep dive into them. Send us a link. Ask us what we think. We'll be totally honest and transparent. If it's a great course, we'll be like, yes, jump into it, of course. Um, but there are some dodgy ones out there um, that are just trying to sell you the dream um, for a lot of money. So, And that's also why we want to realise we needed to do more education. We've... Um, yeah. We're a part of the Vogue Singapore um, innovation project. Also did days live with them, various other uh, live activations, which were teaching uh, digital fashion. So that's what, so yeah, so basically jump on our website and do click um, to join the IRL URL Academy. I think it's in the contact area and just also DM us and we can send you the link Mm -hmm. if you want, because we really are about helping and we want more and more people in this space we're not guarding it. We are guardians of it, i.e. we're making it safe, inclusive, diverse, and we want you all to be a part of it with us, as many as people as possible. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, no, I fully subscribe to the education piece. And yeah, as I mentioned at the beginning, super important for us to you know, help inform and you know, really lay that new language out. Firstly, you know, for people to help understand and therefore you know, really understand, therefore, what to do with it. So no, really, really great to, to, to hear that. And on the DMs, uh, what's the uh, best way of some, someone contacting you? Yeah, you can just, um, so the Institute of Digital Fashion is institute underscore digital underscore fashion. Um, yeah, so just DM us on there or jump on our website. Um, we've got a dedicated team that, that uh, catches anything and is very responsive. But yeah, just just reach out. We're here. Cool. Uh, and that's Instagram, just to clarify. On Instagram, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's on Instagram. Yeah, cool. All right, last question, because I just see we're over time. Um, who would you like to hear from on the show? Oh, who to chat next? The final question. Yeah. What, on here? Who's sort of, yeah, um, who's, who, who's, who, who you're really excited about or, you know, is, is really sort of doing, doing interesting things right now? Lady Phoenix is super interesting. CCU, they're just like their work's really powerful, and there's like a key individual on the topic of metaverse, and is 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 really there's Krista Kim as well, who um created the Mars um Mars uh space, the Mars house, which sold for a mm-hmm. record amount of um cash, and um I think it was one point something million as an NFT. And I'm actually going there this afternoon in VR, which is quite exciting. We're hanging out. We're actually we're actually having a glass of wine together in the in the Mars <laughs> house. Uh, but predominantly, Krista Kim is really interesting because their work is about um, specifically about meditation and th- like the new world, like what it means, what what 
metaverse means on a really, um, I suppose, physical level. And it's interesting to talk about phys- like the physicality of your digital self, that means. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, explorative, explorative and, and she really deep dives into very articulate on really emotional and quite sensitive parts of your digital identity what that means wow. so it's it's not like it's not business growth stats it's actually you know quite um yeah it's, it's she, and also it's got the most phenomenal voice <laughs> okay i've listened to definitely gonna be yeah. definitely yeah. gonna be tapping them up oh, yeah and this has been Where wonderful <laughs> Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate you've got loads on. Uh, I wish you every success in the future of Institute of Digital Fashion. And um, well, I hope your first Discord experience was was a good one. Um, hopefully, there'll be many more. Uh, and everybody who's you know who's listening, please show some love for Leanne in the channels. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you all. And um, yeah, and do reach out. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. This is cute.